Today we're going to be thinking about the reading that Karen just gave us. Now, today is the third in our series on the cross of Jesus and what Jesus achieved uh, by dying in this way. And uh, we're thinking this month about the cross and what it means because this is the time when we think particularly about the death and resurrection of Jesus at Easter time. And we've spent a bit of time thinking about Palm Sunday and the coming of Jesus into Jerusalem for the last time uh, before his crucifixion. And you have your Palm Cross So that's the symbol that we're thinking about. Why are we making so much of this cross and why do we spend so much time thinking about it as Christians? And so this is our question as we look forward to Easter this coming up this week. In the past two weeks in this series, Tim has looked at uh, two other facets of what the cross means. Uh, Firstly, that by dying on the cross, Jesus took God's judgment against sin in our place. And secondly, last week, that by following the way of the cross, in service to God, we can be set free from slavery to unhealthy and ungodly ways of life that the world has given us. Uh, today we're looking at, another, at a different topic, um, the idea of Jesus making us right or putting us right. Can I just use the lectern mic, please? Thank you. That's right. And so this involves us talking about an idea called justification. Now, this is a really important idea for understanding uh, what the cross means. Uh, and, but it's one of those really long theological words that Christians use from time to time, and many of you may not know what we mean when we talk about that, if you hear us around church. So I'm going to think a bit about it. Uh, because justification, though, is actually one of the most ordinary uh, and common things in our lives, um, if, if we think about what it really means. Um, so to think about what justification means, I'd like to sort of begin by painting a bit of a picture for you of a household scene that you might find somewhere in Diamond Creek, somewhere during the week. This may or may not relate to my own life at all. Um, So in this house in Diamond Creek, we find a parent, say, in the kitchen doing some work. In the other room, two small children playing happily. All is peaceful in this house. Then suddenly we hear a thump, followed by crying. And uh, the parent thinks, I might need to go and see what's just happened in, in the other room here. So they come in and ask the child who isn't crying, what just happened? I didn't mean to, is the reply they receive. Okay, but what happened? It was an accident. Okay, but what happened? It wasn't my fault. (laughs) You can see it might take a little while to get to the heart of the matter and what actually happened here. Because there's something else going on in that conversation and it's a justification conversation. Um, so justification is essentially about someone making, knowing that they are in the right, that they are blameless. And how do we know that someone is in the right? And how do we know that they are okay? Um, this, is, this is an idea that's actually part of one of the most common story, kinds of stories that we watch in TV. So the uh, courtroom drama. Yeah, you might watch some of those uh, from time to time. And so you know that in a courtroom drama, the most intense, the most... Um, interesting part is just a bit when the accused is standing in the dock and the jury comes back in and the foreman stands up, gets out the bit of paper. The verdict? Not guilty. It's the bit we've all been waiting to hear. And that's the most intense moment in the story and that's also a moment of justification. This person is in the right. This person is blameless. And so you can see we find this idea of justification and the process of deciding whether or not someone is in the right to be very compelling. It's actually something that we're really interested in. And I think we can say that that's because the desire to be in the right, to be right and to be seen to be right, is actually one of the fundamental human desires that we have. 
You know, all of us want to believe that we um, are good and that we uh, can feel good and that we're blameless and there's nothing wrong with us and that we're justified. And so that even comes out when we're very small, as I just illustrated with our household story. You know, the first, you don't have to teach people to talk about things being an accident um, or that's not my fault. It's just a natural response that we have. Um, and so, you know, we might get a bit more sophisticated as we grow up, but we don't naturally have this desire. We naturally have this desire as well. And that plays out daily, day to day, in the way that we live, in strategies that we might call self-justification. And if you think about your daily life and how you and other people around you behave, you might see that self-justification and the things we do is actually a very common part of our life. So um, I was reading an article by C.S. Lewis, who's a Christian author. He wrote the Narnia stories. And he said that he once spent a day just watching his own thoughts as they came up. And he said that he found that about one in every three of the thoughts that he had was some kind of self-justification thought about how he was good or how other people weren't as good as him. And it's quite an interesting experiment to do if you ever do it and to think about how much time we spend on this. Because we do spend a lot of time and energy on the question of our own goodness and our own rightness. Um, Because we want to be able to look in the mirror in the morning and be happy with the person that we see there. And we want other people to look at us and think that we're all right. You know, and I don't really think I've ever known anyone who didn't feel that way. Um, So justification is about this question, this real issue that actually is really key to us. Am I okay? Am I all right? It's a very important question for us. Um, And what can we do if we don't actually think we are okay? So the Bible has a lot to say about justification and the cross of Jesus is deeply important for how Christians think about justification because... um, We believe as Christians that it's actually not possible for us to be right, uh, to be justified or righteous or blameless without the cross of Jesus and without what he's done for us on it. But it is a complicated question, so I think it's one that we need a bigger perspective on to understand what the Bible talks about justification and to understand how the cross makes us right. And our passage today from Romans 5 helps us in that process because Romans chapter 5 is one piece in a big picture that the Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter, is building up in that letter from, say, particularly chapter 1 to chapter 8 of Romans, of the story of how humanity has struggled with this issue of justification from the very beginning of our history. And he puts the cross and the the work Jesus did on the cross as a key turning point in this story for us. Um, A story, though, that goes right back to our creation and looks forward to eternity. So the cross is key to this story of human justification for Paul. So if we want to think about where justification begins and why Jesus came to to justify us on the cross, we, we can think about the creation story first because that tells us about the nature of humans and how we got to this point where we feel we need to be justified. So in Genesis chapter 2, we can have the, if you look at the creation story, we can see that it tells us about the reality of who we are, reminds us what we do know, actually, that as human beings, we are bits of earth, really. God has shaped us from the clay and the dust of the ground um, and made us into something that is different, something that is meant to be spiritual, something that has an amazing um, purpose in the world. God has made us out of really nothing to be in a beautiful relationship with him. That's That's why humanity was made. So we are, by our nature, very fragile, humble creatures, Um, but very precious to God and designed to be the recipients of his love and his um, presence in in a special way. And the tragedy that the Bible tells us about is that we have rejected that plan. 
God's love and God's intention and purpose for us. And we've looked for something else. Uh, and Tim spoke last week about the way of life that that's led to, a life of slavery to idols, to other goals, and to things that can't satisfy us truly. And so for justification, what it means is there is now for humanity a gap between what we were made to be and um, what we've actually made of ourselves. And that's the gap that just, that's the problem of justification is there. Um, because the question we have to answer then is what is going to make me right now? Uh, what is really going to make me complete? Because we are meant to derive our sense of rightness, of goodness, of completion from a connection to God and to his love and his um, presence in our lives. And because we don't have that or we say we don't want that, there is something now fundamentally missing in our lives and who we are. Something isn't right, there's a piece that's been pulled out. And to be in that kind of experience, it, it, does, it makes us feel a sense of vulnerability or shame about how we are and the need to deal with that problem. Sorry, I'm walking away from the mic. I know. Um, and that's different, though, from you know, a normal sense of feeling, you know, feeling bad about myself. It's a deep sense about, um, yeah, there's just something wrong. We're missing out on our purpose in life and being less than we should. And we can see that. If you read the Genesis story, that was how humans, Adam and Eve, in that story, responded uh, to their rejection of God. They realised, having disobeyed God and lost the present, his sense of his presence and love for them, they felt all of a sudden naked and ashamed, and they started to blame each other for, went wrong, for what, what went wrong and tried to justify themselves before God. So this is where the problem of justification starts. And so what we can look, if I find, if we look at our own lives, is this really strong drive now to justify ourselves, to cover over what we feel to be wrong about ourselves or missing, and we use various strategies to do that. And in, in the early chapters of Romans then, um, Paul lays out various of the attempts that human beings have made over the years uh, to justify ourselves apart from God. Um, and the ma he says our basic strategy is we try to put things right and we work hard at doing that by working on uh, the outside presentation of ourselves and how we can be perceived by others and by ourselves rather than dealing with this problem that's inside us of our break of our relationship with God. So for lots of people, he says, it comes out in rules. Um, trying to be really good people, striving to be morally upright, to keep the commandments of God, to measure up to the standards that we've been given, uh, to do what's right according to our consciences, to do our best and to, to be acceptable and righteous or justified because we feel, oh, look, I've done the right thing and I've done enough. Um, you can look at me and say I'm a good person. I've passed the test. Uh, I've measured up uh, to the rules that I've set for myself. And that's the most common form of self-justification that we find. You know, I'm good enough, I've done enough, I've worked hard, I've followed the rules, I'm justified. Uh, but there's another way that Paul says, people try not just morality, but we also try identity. We try to find an identity that will give us a sense of justification. And it's usually a religious one. Um, and he speaks about his own people, the Jewish people. Um, they took the identity that God gave them, their religious symbols and uh, practices, and many of them use them as an outer thing, something that makes me right, apart without actually looking at what was supposed to be the change inside. He, they were concerned about being circumcised and doing sacrifices, but not concerned with the heart of God and what the religion was meant to signify. Um, and lots of us do something similar to that. Uh, we create a little brand identity that makes us feel righteous. Um, it might be for you or for us being a Christian is part of that. Many people use the signs of being a Christian person to think I am justified. I've been baptised, I go to church, I do the good things. Um, that, that's made me right. 
Or there are other things that we might do, other identities we might adopt, adopt for this purpose too. I, I sometimes think that um, many people in our culture are seeking justification through this kind of dedication to environmental sustainability, to being that kind of person who does the right thing. I'm, I'm a good person because of that. There's a sense of righteousness. So there's this way we choose this sort of religious or identity way of justifying ourselves too, and Paul talks about that. Um, and the problem, though, you've got to be clear, is not that there's anything wrong with morality or, or religion or environmentalism or anything else that we've decided to try to make ourselves good. Those things are good in themselves. But the problem with all those things um, is that however wonderful they are, however God-given they may be, they don't address the problem at the heart of justification, which is not about what we do, it's not about our behaviour, it's not about our, our outside identity, it's about who we are and what we are on the inside in our heart. When Jesus was talking to um, the Pharisees, who were, the, who were very greatly morally upright people in his day and very religiously active um, and zealous, um, what he said to them, though, was, you, you think you're so good, but you are just like whitewashed tombs, actually. You know, you look pure and white on the outside, but on the inside, you're dead. All this justification work that you've done on the outside hasn't changed what's, what's inside you. So the problem of justification is deeper than our surface. It's deeper than our, our outside work and the stuff we do to make ourselves look better. It's about what we are. So this is a problem that I think we, um, uh, we need to get to grips with. And it can be, because it can be very hard, though, to admit that problem or to become aware of it. And I know many people struggle with that. Because the strategies of self-justification that we use can be very rewarding in the short term and make us feel a great sense of satisfaction. Um, Particularly satisfying is the strategy of making myself feel right by looking at how other people are not as good as me or have uh, a wrong. Um, many of us become kind of professional self-justifiers by becoming kind of lawyers collecting evidence um, against other people for the way that they've treated us. Um, you know, and you've got your little notebook of justification that says, here's all the good things I've done, here's the things that have been done to me, um, I, everyone else is to blame for the way that my life's turned out and all the things that have happened. You know, and so we do this. Um, we create this evidence that we think, this, this shows that I'm a justified person. Um, the problem with this, though, and I think we, we need to realise, is that it's not actually as convincing, perhaps, as we might think it is if we do this. Um, Self-justification tends only to be convincing to yourself. Um, if you think about, you know, if you've ever seen a, a politician on TV trying to explain why they've done the wrong thing, no one's convinced by that. Um, or if, someone, if someone's hurt you badly and they try to excuse or justify what they've done, how convincing is that? Um, if you're like me, you've probably spent many car journeys or evenings in bed before you go to sleep going over in your head or talking to yourself about all the wrong things that people have done to you um, and how you're an innocent soul who's been <laughs> uh, unfairly treated and creating a little list of these things. Um, you've got to th I just got to think, I do think someone's... Can I imagine how would someone listening to that, what would that actually sound like? And I think it would sound like madness <laughs> because that's what it is, to be honest, um, this kind of record-keeping. And if you think all of us must sound like this to God when we try to justify ourselves in that way. So these are our attempts at self-justification and they don't work, um, that, that becomes clear, but how then can we be justified? How can we be right? How can, what can possibly make us right? Because it starts to sound like a hopeless case. Um, and this then is where the cross 
comes in. Because the cross of Jesus tells us that our justification, our rightness, it doesn't come from ourselves, it doesn't come from what we do, and it can't come from that. It comes from God instead. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. So in our passage in Romans 5, so verses 6 to 8, Jesus came, Paul says, in our powerlessness to justify ourselves. At verse 6 he says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's saying, the cross has shown us that God has actually never given up on us in this plan that he has for what we're going to be, to be filled with his glory, to know his love and his presence. And he has made, his, his plan has been, therefore, to find the means to heal our brokenness, our wrongness our, and our shame and to make us right again. And he hasn't waited for us to be good enough in order to do that or to, be just, or to have enough evidence for our righteousness before he's going to do it. Because that's not what God is. He's not a judge. He's not a prosecutor. He's not got us in a courtroom. He's our father. He's our father. And, you know, if you, if you have a child who needs your help, are you going to wait for them to produce a written evidence that they deserve it <laughs> before you help them? No. You help them because you love them. Um, so when we, when we try to justify ourselves, what, what, we, what this shows us, the cross shows us, is that we're forgetting that God actually loves us. He's not interested in our self-justification. He wants to make us right, even when we aren't even trying to be, to be right. He still wants to make us right. And that means not looking at the outside of our lives and what we do, but... It, renewing and remaking us from the inside. And so, because the, the cross of Jesus shows us that our sin, our failure, our brokenness isn't going to be fixed up by a cosmetic fix on the outside. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, trying to justify yourself by changing your behaviour is like trying to fix a root canal by using that teeth whitening gel that they use, you know. Um, it's going to make your teeth look white, but it's not going to fix the problem. Um, what's actually needed is a surgery uh, to fix that. And so, when it comes to sin, what's required is a, a radical surgery in our lives that really amounts to a form of death. And the Bible is clear that it's only by going through death that we can deal with the problem of sin. And so Jesus went to that place, he went to the cross for our justification because this old way of living, our sin, our self-justification, needed to die in order that we could live again. So if we read on in Romans, we can see that Paul makes this argument in chapter 6, of, uh, about what, what Jesus did. So in speaking about what it means to be a Christian, he says, For if we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin, ruled by sin, might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So the cross makes us right, Paul says, because at the cross we are united with Jesus as he died and defeated sin and death. Therefore we are made right by that, not because of anything that we can do. And our new life, the right life that we're looking for, it comes after that. And the new life we see in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So the cross makes us right, it puts us right with God, because in our faith in Jesus we're given a new connection to the glory of God and his life and what he has planned for the world and a path to get to that destination with him. 
because we were created to go on this journey to grow into knowing God better and to being filled with his life. And because of our sin, we can't do that anymore. Self-justification doesn't work because we can't build ourselves up high enough to become able to do that. It's never enough. So what the cross tells us is that it's not our job to build ourselves up. What we actually need to do is to go downwards instead. Become, embrace the humility that Jesus showed at the cross. Let go of our attempts to make ourselves right. Be open about our need for God's grace. Not try to justify ourselves anymore. And it's in that experience, which is an experience of death, that we are reunited with God and become right. You can't lift yourself up to heaven. It's not possible. So in Jesus, on the cross, God has come down to our hell instead and lifted us up. So if we want, to meet, if we want this new life, we need to meet him there. Now, it can, be hard, it can be hard to hear that because going to the cross means that we do need to acknowledge our problem and experience the pain of what we've become and acknowledge our failure and mistakes. And that's why Jesus often said it's very easier for broken and struggling people who know that they've got a problem to actually meet with God and to become right. Um, Because if you are succeeding in life, if you are doing pretty well, if you're actually a good person, you generally do what's right, it's hard to acknowledge the problem and our need for the cross and our need to be justified by God. It's easier to believe that if you already know through your experience that you can't do it yourself. And many of you may have come to that point in your own lives. So the path to justification, to being right, goes through the cross, through a death of this old self, an old way of justifying ourselves in the start of a new life. Paul answers the question then in our passage, how do we do this? How do we get onto this way of justification? Well, it's through faith, he says. Therefore, we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So it's faith that brings us to the cross and allows us to experience God's rightness. And it's an, this faith is an attitude of trust and hope in the grace of God and his plan for us. And it identifies us with Jesus on the cross and unites us with him because we have faith in what he's done. It's not just believing an idea or believing what Jesus did. It's a commitment of our lives to trust in Jesus Um, to receive the benefits of what he's done. It's a meaningful and active trust, like the kind of commitment in a wedding vow. It's something that changes the the life that you live and has meaning ongoing in your life. So in Romans chapter 4, in previous to our reading, Paul talks about Abraham, who we call the father of our faith and the faith that he showed. And Paul says, Abraham was justified by his firm trust and hope in what God was going to do through his descendant Jesus and he showed him this and Abraham was justified by that trust in God. Abraham's faith looked forward to God's work of salvation. And in Romans 5, Paul urges us by faith as Christians to look forward again to the outcome of our own faith as Christians, our new rightness with God and the hope of glory that we will see in ourselves. So in verse 5 he says, And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We've been given this new uh, way of life through the Spirit, through the faith that we've had in Jesus, looking forward to what God is going to do to finally make us right. We will be made right and the Holy Spirit is in our hearts making this true. That's something that uh, comes slowly though. It can be hard to see at times. Um, But 
we look forward to it as being fulfilled because we've, we've seen Jesus rise from the dead. But what the cross of Jesus and his death and resurrection shows us is that while we may not see our rightness and justification fully now, it is an absolutely sure thing because of what Jesus has done that one day we will be made completely right. So justification by faith means we can grasp that now and be sure that it is true of us because we know that God will keep his promise. In um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, this truth is put very powerfully. In talking about the death of Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins, it says, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. For by one sacrifice Jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We have been made perfect and we will be made holy. So perfection, justification, rightness, goodness, all these things are certain for those who have faith in Jesus now. They are certain now and they will be certain forever. And so we can see then that what the cross does for us in making us right is it destroys forever the need for us to justify ourselves and to try that. So all this time and effort and energy and even money that we spend to get ourselves and other people to believe that we are all right, it is not necessary anymore. We may still fail, we may still make mistakes, we may still sin, but we don't need anymore to excuse or justify these things or to cover them over so that we can still appear righteous. We need to take them, and we can, to the cross where they can die, where we can be forgiven and we can get a new way of life and a new rightness from God. That's how, because of the cross, Jesus makes us right. He takes away our shame and gives us a new life. So as I finish today, I want us today to go out with a vision of what the cross means for us. The cross is certainly a symbol of death, and we're thinking, thinking about that on Good Friday today, um, this week. But in reality, the cross is, for Christians, a symbol of life, because it is a, sort of like a gateway to the presence of God and his living power. Because God wants to heal us, he wants to make us right, and he's inviting us all to come to the cross then, to stop justifying ourselves to put up our old self and to let it die and to receive his life again as we were made to. Self-justification is a needless burden that we carry and it does nothing for us apart from making us unhappy and making other people unhappy and stopping us from experiencing God's grace. God wants to justify us another way. Um, the Bible ends with, the pic with a picture in Revelation chapter 22 of a river that is flowing out from God's presence, healing the world and making it right again. And the river that flows from God's presence is the love that, and life that we have seen in the cross of Jesus for our salvation. That's what the cross does for us. It brings God's life and rightness into our lives now. Because of the cross, Jesus makes us right. So we are right and we will be and so will everything else. So I'm going to pray that we would reflect on that today as we go forward. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have shown us on the cross God's plan to make us right, that you have put to death sin and our, our self-justification and given us a new rightness that comes from God alone. We pray that we would take that up through faith, that you would lead us through the pain so that we can put off our old self and put on a new one. We thank you for the freeness and the graciousness that you've shown us on the cross. Help us to to go there and uh, to start a new life with you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.